What's up, bikers? Welcome to episode 156 of the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Today's episode is going to be a special one, a little bit different than normal. It is not a social media influencer. It's not a YouTuber, a TikToker, or any of those things. It's not a company. It's actually a buddy of mine who recently did the BC Bike Race. And this is coming from the perspective of somebody that's not a racer. It's a regular guy, somebody that just likes to go out and ride. And, uh, for whatever reason, he decided to sign up for this seven day race with like big miles and big climbs every day. And uh, his experience was really fun when we were talking about it personally. And I thought it would be something that would be cool for you guys to hear as well. One thing about this podcast that I have to warn you about right now is the first five minutes is the, the audio is atrocious. I screwed up my mic settings and... It sounds like I'm like five feet underwater inside of an aluminum can, probably like an empty Coors Light can, you know, and uh, it's just awful. So I'm re-recording the intro right now so that you guys don't have to deal with that. So those of you listening to the podcast, you're winning compared to anybody watching to it on YouTube. And uh, outside of that, then um, you got about five minutes of dealing with me sounding like garbage. I figure out the mic thing and then the rest of the interview is, is great. So honestly, just bear with it. I, I thought it was a really fun conversation. Lots of funny things and some uh, some some unique experiences. So don't miss out. Before we get started, I do want to say one thing is I'm not sponsored by Tasco, but lately I have been loving their Phantom shorts. They're these super lightweight shorts. If you hold them up to the light, you can actually like see holes through them. They're so light. They're really breathable. If you're anywhere where it's crazy hot right now, these are the shorts for you. They also have some uh, lightweight like summer gloves as well. Um, I enjoy them a lot. They they're, they they have a good stretch to them. They're breathable and they don't feel like they're moving around too much. I, I've had some summer gloves where you use them and, and it it's like the palm moves around too much and then you start getting some hot spots. I'm not having problems with these. So really good stuff. If you want to check it out, go over to TascoMTB.com and you can use code SCOUTBIKER. So SCOUT S C O U T dash B one K E R. And you can save like 15 or 20%. I don't remember what it is. Either way, you can save some money, go check them out. It helps out the channel and, and you save a couple bucks. So there you go. That code is not, like I said, I'm not sponsored by Tasco. That's actually one of the codes that I use for my Patreon people. And everybody on Patreon has been using these type of codes for as long as they've been on there. So it's really something special that I, I've always done just for them. And recently I was thinking about the companies that, that have, have been good to me and, and been providing that service to the Patreon people. And I thought I'd share it with some of you guys to maybe like kick some extra sales that way for them. Cause those companies have always been really good. So if you want some more codes like that, swing by, um, swing by biker, no swing by Patreon, check out biker and, uh, you can do a little support over there. You get access to the codes for as little as a buck a month, but honestly where it's at is the $5 club. You get early cuts, you get videos that I don't release on YouTube. You'll get a handwritten letter, get some stickers to like show everybody. Hey, you're part of the biker gang. Anyways, uh, I really appreciate everybody over there. Thank you very much. And once again, if you're not digging the, the hot weather right now and you want something comfortable to, to make it a little bit better, check out TascoMTV.com. All right. So one more warning. Five minutes of underwater empty course like can audio, and then it gets better. So I hope you guys enjoy this one, and we'll go ahead and bring Brandon on right now. What's up? How you doing? 
not much, man. Just sitting there, you know, you know, the garage looks like in person. Like, yeah. <laughs> those of you that don't know who Brandon is and have been following the channel for a while, he's been in a handful of my videos. He also painted the tall boy, so those of you guys have seen the uh, sick ass custom paint job that I had on the tall boy, he did that as well. And he was on Instagram under Bismod Bikes, so Bismod B I Z M A D for Bikes. You can go check him out there. But um, I think the cool thing is that I really wanted to get to was, was that this year, for the first time, you did the BC bike race. But before we get to that, um, how long have you been riding? Uh, I started in, I think it was summer of 2015, so almost eight years. Yeah. Something like yeah. That. So, uh, yeah. So not, not somebody that's been riding for, um, those of you guys who don't know, Brandon is pretty close to mine. He always lies about it, so we'll just say that. He's, he's almost 40. We'll just call him that. <laughs> so, um, so eight years is not, you know, a guy that's been riding since he was like in his teens or No. So, no. So you've gone from, in those eight years, like pretty much just a complete mountain bike novice to where you're at right now. Yeah, I mean, when I started, uh, it was a buddy I had who had a fat bike, and uh, I was in Minnesota, so if that makes a difference, obviously, it, like, you never see fat bikes out here. Um, but yeah, he just was like, yeah, this is super fun, man, you should try it, you know, and and uh, so I bought a fat bike. So that was my first bike, it was actually a specialized fat boy, and, uh, and yeah, just started on a hardtail, you know, rigid frame fat bike. Right. So you had some experience in like sports beforehand as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always been into, you know, I guess, um, I mean, I was a soccer player growing up. I played a lot of hockey. Um, but on the extreme side of things, you know, I was a snowboarder for since I was a little kid. Um, and uh, that was a big passion of mine for a long time. And, uh, and it still is, you know, just, you get older. I mean, I'm not throwing myself off of huge tabletops and grinding rails anymore. You know, it's kind of like just get out in the mountains. But uh, and skating, I was a big inline skater, fruit booter, as some yeah. people call it. You know, um, and I skated for a long time. What's that? What'd you call it? Fruit booter, like skateboarders would call inline skaters fruit booters. Oh, that's funny. I never heard. That, that was like the yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of that, competed in a lot of that. I actually uh, had a small, like, flow sponsorship with Solomon for a while. And, um, yeah, that was super fun. But, yeah, mountain biking was the first. I kind of had this gap, you know, where I really wasn't doing anything like that for a while. And uh, so when this came in, it was like a, another revival of getting to go out and kind of push yourself and try some things, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, did you ever... Before you get to the point of wanting to do the BC bike race, have you ever done a, a race before? Um, yeah, we did uh, for about three years straight. My, my brother lives in Michigan. Um, they go up to Marquette every year, and they do a race called Board Ashore. And uh, it's just an XC race. Um, it's like 28 miles. I think there's like 1,400 feet of climbing in it. Um, it's mostly downhill, but it's not technical at all. And, 
it was more just to get the family together to ride bikes and, you know, party a little bit and have some fun and ride some of the local trails around there outside of the race. So this was kind of the first race that I had ever done that was, uh, you know, had some pretty serious athletes there and a lot more technical terrain. Um, you know, as you know, we ride a lot of enduro type stuff out here. So it's like I've had plenty of time to work my way into doing something like that, but I've never been a big racer. So it was, it was kind of a, a big first big race for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it that got you to the point that you decided you were like, cause I mean, you went from this Midwest race that we'll just call, I mean, it, I mean, in terms of like elevation that we ride out here on the regular, like 1400 feet is, I mean, you've, you've done downhill, you did 5,000 feet. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've done more than that, even locally, right? So what made you decide to get, make a decision to go from, okay, I'm riding this race at 1400 feet or something like that, to going to want to do like seven days and some cruiser, pretty like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's more like um, it was talking with, so my, my dad did this race with us, and so did my older brother and a buddy of mine here in California. Um, and it originally started as my, my dad, who rides bikes still, um, obviously, and, and my older brother wanting to do something just like a big mountain bike trip, but do something super challenging and uh, we came across, it was a YouTube video, uh, a documentary about the BC bike race. And this was back in, shoot, like 2018 and uh, maybe 2017, as early as 2017. So not long after we'd started riding. So, I mean, this seemed like grandioso. It was kind of like a let's put ourselves through as much hell as we can put ourselves through. You know, so we found we found this race and we were like, OK, yeah, we're going to do it. Um, and that was really the main motivation was just like to try and do something as a family. Um, that was really difficult. That was yeah. going to change all of us, you know. So what what's the uh, what's the stats on that? Is it like because I remember you telling me, let's just say the average ride was between 20 and 30 miles or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, I think it ended up being a total of 140 some miles and uh, 20 some thousand feet of elevation. I think in the high 20s, if I'm, if I could be wrong. Can't remember yeah. the exact stats. Um, but I mean, the, the races prior years were a lot, uh, not a lot longer, but a little bit longer. It was more around 200 miles uh-huh. uh, and somewhere around the same elevation. So when we signed up, that's kind of what we were thinking. What we didn't know is this year they definitely wanted to make things a, like since it was going to be a little shorter, it was more technical. So mm-hmm. um, that was actually pretty exciting to get to the race and see some of the trails that we were riding mm-hmm. uh, because it was a little different than what you'd seen in a lot of the documentaries and stuff. You kind of watch it and you're like, from an outsider, you're thinking, oh, okay, it looks like a lot of pedaling, a lot of climbing, uh, but like really flowy fun trails the whole time, you know, and mm-hmm. like, you know, in California, we climb fire roads all the time. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and you can find your share of like really steppy, chunky climbs up in Tahoe, but most of the rides we go, it's like, oh, climb this fire road for 3,500 feet and then 
jump on the single track and go down. Right. And, uh, and it's very much not that there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, it's a different kind of race for sure. And, and so I think it, it uh, was surprising. And, and obviously when we signed up back then, we were signing up for 2020 and, you know, that obviously didn't happen. So right. um, it's so been there a, was long... a little, it was a little bit of a, a mess with that. So it was like, you got like a refund or a credit for signing up for the next year. And then that didn't yeah. happen or you got that like floated or something. I can't remember how it went down. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big mess. And you know, at the time, uh, you find out that um, you're going to lose some some money or and or the opportunity to race. Um, it was pretty frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. And I think when you went on, like, say, their Facebook page or something during the whole mess of everything, everyone's trying to figure out, like, you know, what transfers over, what doesn't, you know, can I defer and 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 what do I still get and yeah. Why am I losing X amount of money and have to repay for this? And um, because there was certainly a lot of logistics that went along with that for the race. And um, and I think you'd, you'd go on their Facebook page, like I said, and, and you'd find people who, you know, were just like you. They could take all your money. It wouldn't matter. Like, you know, they're this is really hard for them and you need to support them. And and as someone from, you know, another country that has never been to the race, doesn't know a whole lot, except for I'm signed up for it. And I know it's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're wondering where all the money went. Um, yeah. And I, I think what your amount of money too, it's not like, yeah. you're not talking to like, this isn't like a hundred dollar entry. This is a week long race. You're camping, they're feeding you. Yeah. It, if I remember correctly, it's like right around like two grand just for the ticket. Right. Yeah. I think it's a early bird pricing is right around 1800 or so Canadian, I think. Um, and that's if you sign up like right now for next year, um, right. and it just goes up. I think it gets up to close to twenty four or twenty five hundred or something, you know, right. for a late sign up. And that's just your entry fee. You know, you got to buy your week's worth of food um, if you're going to eat with them. Otherwise, you're responsible for, you know, going out of camp and searching for your own food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's transportation and camping and, you know, what are you going to do for you your still space? have to get your own plane ticket there. You like, you just nope. show up there. It's not like that, that two grand or whatever, like gets you there or anything. Right. And the original ticket, you know, it's like you, okay, I need to cancel this flight. I need to cancel these hotel reservations. You know, the right. hotels, no big deal. The flight's like, Hey, we'll give you a credit. Um, you got to use it in the next year though. So, right. um, you're like, oh, and well, you're like, and I'm not racing in this actually until 2023. So that doesn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so then you end up using that for a different thing. And then, you know, you're coming up to the race again, like, oh, I got to buy a plane ticket all over again. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was financially like it was kind of a, a crazy thing to go through. But uh, when you get to the race, you do really see how much work and an organization and just the logistics behind the entire race they really put on a a really well put together uh week of riding for everybody and and you see where the money went you know i mean you're looking at it like man they had to have had this booked ahead of time and that reservations for this and on and on and on you know a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff but i'm sure you just lose out on your money you know if you just can't everything so before I forget, did you guys do the food like uh, we did. Yeah. 
So yeah. what did you think of that? Was like a good food or? Yeah, hundred percent worth it. Um, yeah. I forget how much it was, but it's like far, far cheaper than if you were going to go out to eat, you know, every day at a restaurant. Plus not having the hassle of having to go like through that or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you just go down, they had, it was kind of like, you know, like grade school, like A, B and C breakfast and dinner. And so you sign up for one of them, whatever time block we did the earliest one. Um, just cause we figured like, uh, why not get the early breakfast in so you can get your shits in before you, you know, <laughs> yeah, get yeah. be nothing worse than you you get done eating breakfast and you're like, okay, I got 45 minutes till I got to be at the start line. And like, your guts are rumbling and you're kind of nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Totally. So, biggest window you can get. Right. And so like part of your entry fee is they are providing you with a tent. Yeah. Uh, so well, do they, not part of the entry do, fee, it's a, it's a, it is extra as well for the camping. So <laughs> everything's a la carte, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you pay for the camping, do you like have to bring your own sleeping bag and stuff or is it like? Yeah. Like, um, they have like a yoga mat type thing you can throw down in there but really it's like bring like a backpacking type you know little blow up mattress uh mm. and a sleeping bag and i mean it's it was hot as hell this year so you're not going to use a sleeping bag anyway um, right. you know basically lay on top of it and uh but yeah it's just you got to bring your own stuff the tents right. there it's but it, it is an experience i mean there's the option of, of staying. They had a spot this year for like van people and, you know, they could come in and park and, and just like be out of their van the whole week, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. And I would, I would entertain that idea if I were to do it again, but um, it's an experience being in camp because, you know, you meet your neighbors and, uh, and just so many different people. And it's just cool that everybody's there to ride mountain bikes. Yeah. And every night or every, is it every day you're in a different location? So it used to be that way. Uh, I don't know if they switched every single day, but it was pretty much almost every night you were in a different location. Mm -hmm. This year, since they had the race solely on Vancouver Island, uh, we were able to do days one through three staying in one place. And the latter four days were in a different place. So we only had to move once um two of the riding days uh and the latter half we had to drive uh to a different start line mm -hmm. and then you would go out from there and do loop and then you'd head back to camp and so if you had the transportation package you know they carted you out and uh if you you know were driving yourself you just kind of head out there on your own yeah yeah hmm. it worked out good you know i, I think it would have been kind of stressful moving all the time. Yeah, it sounds like I it. done it before, but I can already say, in my opinion, I would like to stay put like we did as yeah. much as possible. You know, we were able to hit two totally different mountains from the uh, same place for the first three days. And the first day is just a prologue. It's kind of to figure out where you're going to set in the pack for starting. So you're kind of riding with people at the same speed as you. Mm -hmm. uh, but so we, we rode that same trail system the third day but a big loop, you know, much, much more trail on the mountain. Um, mm -hmm. and the second day, yeah, just rode to a completely different mountain. So um, there's just so many trails on Vancouver Island. You know, there are certain jump off points where you can just hit multiple mountains from the same spot. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rad. When you guys moved, did the, the 
tents like did you go to the same location of the tent or did you have like new neighbors or a new tent number or you had new neighbors um you had like a little clip for your tent that had your name and your tent partner's name on it uh -huh. um so my buddy and i were staying in the same tent and uh, just had our names on both sides and our racer numbers and okay. when we left the first place you'd give this lady your tent clip you know and you show up at the new place and tell them your race number they'd find you in the little file there and give you your tent clip back and tell you where you could go find an open tent and you just right have to and claim it you know so you said i think there was somewhere around like 800 riders there all together i think it was 601 is the okay. total yeah so just just Still, over a shit ton of people it, it is yeah yeah and uh for a race that's all single track you know like i'm not like an xc racer or racer by any means you know it's yeah. a lot more open that thing i used to do in michigan uh yeah. with my family and i wasn't you know trying to be super competitive there or anything like that not like i was going to be really competitive here either but you know actually trained for this and wanted to do well as well yeah. as i um and so it's different man when you're out on the trail and there's 600 other people all doing the same route at the same time yeah you can get chaotic for sure so let's talk about your training so you you actually did like you know put quite a bit of effort into this how how long ago did you would you say you started um well you know we thought we were going to race 2021 and then we thought we might race 2022 and that didn't happen so i kind of went through some training phases before those uh, uh -huh. but nothing like what i put in before this time um i started last november beginning of november uh -huh. and uh maybe late october i think is when i kind of like i started on the swift training program and kind of made a dedication to ride like six days a week um and yeah really started just trying to be deliberate about deliberate about what i was doing on the bike um mm -hmm. whether I was outside or or on the trainer and you know with intervals. i think you started this with though before that like just not as many days right yeah i'd kind of goop around on it i mean i had an account um that i started the year before when I thought I was in a race and I kind of mm -hmm. never canceled it and just would jump on every once in a while on a day where it's like super, super hot out and you're too lazy to, you know, get somewhere that you could ride quick enough in the morning or mm -hmm. um, just to just fit in some pedaling for the day. But yeah, it really turned into more of a, a tool for training come like what, yeah, what, October and November. What kind of like rides were you doing on the Zwift trainer? Uh, so they have a program. Um, there's different training programs you can do and, and they range from beginner to advanced. And of course, you know, I got on there and I was like, well, I'm just going to do the advanced one. Um, <laughs> so I, I chose a single track slayer is what it's called. Uh, and it's a mountain bike specific training program. So it kind of dabbles more with peaks and wattage um, and like peaks and valleys, as opposed to just like riding constant, um, like a roadie does, you know, roadie mm -hmm. very consistent on their power for long periods of time. And, and it still does a lot of that. As you know, I know you've dabbled yeah. with it as well. It's painful all around. I mean, it's just, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say that. that the programmers of that application are assholes. Yeah. So like, I mean, they're, they're definitely doing their job well, but the part where it's like, you should, you should feel great right now. And you're just sweating your balls off and your like heart rates in your throat 
and you're like, I just want to choke the guy that wrote that message right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're spot on. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, I will say I did the one before that, the intermediate one before I did the single track Slayer. Yeah. And that one I already had like a good level of hate for, but, <laughs> but it was like, this isn't, you know, like it didn't take too long until I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. But that single track Slayer one for me particularly, it was like, there was one particular that I had to like, I had to like bump it down. And I just couldn't hang. Like it totally, totally freaking destroyed me. And I would have never thought that I would get that kind of workout on a trainer. Like it just honestly, like still even talking about it, it blows my mind what they can do to you in one hour yep. on that, that thing. It is. Um, it's, it's mind blowing, man. I mean, it, and it wasn't just like, oh, I feel like it's kicking my ass. Like you start seeing results from all your hard work. And it, and it is like you, you really have to motivate yourself to get on that thing the next yeah. day if that's what you got going for the next day. And, uh, and you know it's going to be hard. And, and yeah, you, it, I mean, three, four weeks in, like huge, huge improvements in my power cadence, you know, uh, actually becoming somewhat of a, um, a rider where I, I felt like I could, I could really put down some decent power as opposed to, you know, like you think you're strong when you, when you don't train at all and you just go out and you go on fun rides all the time. But there, and some people are, you know, I have a buddy who's got like just huge legs and he doesn't ride very often. And I know like if I'm on the flat with him or something like that and, and he hammers it down, like he can go for a while with some pretty big power, yeah. you know? Um, but when you're training all the time, like even for a guy like him, like his power would even go up and he'd be able to do that for so much longer. You know, I mean, right. it's, it does. I would say like when you and I became first started hanging out and it's been a couple of years now, like we were pretty close to probably the same speed as, as far as timing and yep. i mean once you started doing and i've gotten stronger over that time as well but once you started doing with like for people that aren't like aren't from this area there's a ride that we would do in auburn that would be like it's like 24 miles and like what is that like 3500 4000 feet of climbing something like that and 4000 basically right? huh 4,000 on your watch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3,800 on yours. Yeah. So, um, but uh, anyways, like like I said, when we first met, we were probably would be close to the same amount of, of time on that. And just recently, like right before he went to this race, I had a half an hour head start on him and he caught me before we got to the end. And he would have probably put another 10 minutes at least behind like, on top of me if he would have just passed it was like when he finally caught up then we just rode together so it's like definitely like a huge amount of i mean that that's like honestly like 30 minutes head start for you to catch like and it's not like i'm crazy slow either you know no like it, it was uh it's just been really really interesting to see that change as you were you're training for this and I mean, honestly, it inspired me. It's the whole reason that I did Zwift over the winter. And it definitely like changed my my riding to like a whole other level. So um, 
yeah, I can't say enough good things about the training programs on there. If you have ERG, I think if you don't have ERG, I don't think it's worth it at all. In my opinion, you it's just tougher. I think it's tougher for, you know, like a lot of these, at least for me, it's like, I don't have a road bike. Um, I don't have a gravel bike. You know, I, I have a couple mountain bikes, but, um, you know, both of them, same drivetrain, you know, we're running one by 12 drivetrains. Um, it gets awfully difficult to match those Watts and, you know, like you're on a flat say, and it wants you to put out, you know, 300 Watts or something for three minutes and you're on a flat section on the, on the, you know, screen there. So there's no resistance for going uphill. It's hard to keep 300 Watts. I mean, eventually your gearing tops out, you're going 20 some miles an hour and you yeah. can't put that power down anymore, you know, until you slow down and build up resistance again. So, um, you run into, you know, uh, basically your, your gearing just limits you on being able to do that. So yeah, ERG mode, which for people who don't know, it's, it's automatically controlling the power. So, um, you know, when it says do X amount of, of resistance for this amount of time, the trainer will just change it automatically um, when you're hooked up on the back wheel. So it doesn't matter what gear you're in, you're not having to shift. It's going to make you hurt no matter what. Yeah. There's no downshifting and, and like backing yeah. up and being like, oh, I'm going to take a break for, you know, yeah. 25 seconds to catch my breath. It's like, no, it's, you're just going to like fail pedaling. Yeah, you, you can't slow down at all because it's like, even if you, slowed down for like two pedal strokes to like adjust your shorts or something like that oh. now your watts have changed from the 300 that you have to do to like 400 yeah <laughs> like, like, right because like yeah. 300 at like a 40 cadence as opposed right. to 85 or 90 or 100 yeah. all those numbers are vastly different you know yeah yeah so, so that thing's a real asshole so so yeah. basically you put down uh, in my in my eyes it seemed like it was a solid year of 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 zwift but i i do remember like what you said where you like really like kicked it up closer to the end of the year as far as like your your like how often you were doing it so you put a year of training in did you like change your diet or start taking supplements yeah. or anything like that i i did uh change my diet um you know i'm usually just a eat whatever I want. <laughs> um, and I've fluctuated in weight quite a bit, I guess, over the years, you know, I have my years where I'm up in the one nineties and, um, you know, it's down to one sixty five for the race. So how um, tall are you? Five ten. So, um, yeah, one sixty five was the lightest I'd been in, in a long time. Um, and I was eating, Late breakfast, I'd try and like not eat until around, you know, 11 or 12, um, which mm -hmm. is pretty easy because I just am not a huge breakfast person to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll eat it. If well, I, plus, you don't wake up until like 930 anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it really easy. Um, you know, and then just something high in protein right away to start the day. You know, uh, hard boiled eggs or something like that. Yeah, yeah big riding day i'd do some oatmeal with some berries and mm -hmm. uh, you know and then bring what i need for the ride and um was always had light lunches you know salads mm -hmm. with uh you know some sort of protein and and um yeah just tried to be like have a, a high protein um try to keep the carbs up when i need them 
Yeah, and, you started taking uh, like athletic greens and stuff like that. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, I was taking greens every. Yeah, I would have that in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. first thing before a cup of coffee. So I guess I don't know if that breaks like some fasting. I, I don't really care. Yeah, it depends yeah. on what website you're reading. Some say yes, some say no. So. Yeah. But either way, like what I'm getting at is like you put a lot of effort into getting ready for this. Like on the flip side, your your dad and your brother were like, not so much. No. <laughs> Oh, total mess. Yeah. <laughs> My dad. So you got to think he's, so he's 65 years old. Um, and, you know, 2020 was three years ago. The guy was going to be 63 years old for the race, you know, or 62. So yeah. there's a big difference uh, at that age between 62 and 65. You know, it's different than like, oh, I'm going to ride this at 35 and, and 38. Or, you know, it's yeah. like, he went through a lot of, of injuries and trying to train and everything. He lives down in Arizona. He's riding mm-hmm. just chunky, loose Arizona stuff. You have your crashes out there, you know, and they're not, you know, everything in Arizona, if you've ridden there, it wants to kill you. So, um, and then meanwhile, your brother's back East where there's like, you know, nothing. his big high, high elevation ride is like 300 feet. Right. He's like, I got to go out to get 2000 feet. I got to go out and lap this, this trail, you know, eight times or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, which is just monotonous and boring. It's worse than being on the trainer, you know, yeah. you're going to the same place all the time. And, and plus he has kids, um, huge time commitment, you know, yeah. he has a really, really busy job. Um, and so, yeah, he was struggling with time. My dad has all the time in the world, but he'd been injured. Yeah. He really didn't get to ride until, oh, about a week or so before, mm-hmm. two weeks before the race, I think. He started being able to ride. So he got in. He rode almost every day up to the race. And he was doing, like, rail right shoot, like, 25 miles, like, 2,500 feet elevation. Oh, right. I'm like, geez, you know, like, I was actually impressed. Like, yeah. I'm riding all. You, you, you've had this hip tendon issue. and. And he's yeah. out doing this. So I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to be good, you know? And like, man, you get to that race. And the first big day, like we were going down some steep shoots that were like, I was like, oh, man, he's, he's so done. Like, <laughs> he's not going to make it. Like, I don't even so know like, if he walked goal, down. Though, like your brother and your dad's goal were more like, let's just go up here and ride some sick trails for seven days. And yeah. like, we don't really See, give a shit where we place that. We just want to like complete it. Whereas your goal was like, I want to see kind of like where I'm at. Would that be accurate? Yeah. And, and I know like, I, you know, you can't train hard for eight months or whatever I did, you know, and expect to be some super fast, you know, I mean, all you gotta do is look at Strava, you know, that there's people that are like so much faster than you. And that's still just a portion of the people who are out on the trails. You know, yeah. um, you kind of know where you lie, you know, and even when you're a fast person on Strava, you might go to a race and just get your ass handed to you. So, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, you know. I know like we ride Auburn and you, our friend group, let's just say any day that we're riding up there, we're usually within the top 10 of almost any segment that we're trying to pin. Right. Sure. But you go up there when then the EDA, the California TV or, uh, what is that the california enduro series comes through and all those guys are riding every day and it's like yeah we're not in top 10 anymore 
Yeah, no, I mean, if you're you're like all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, yeah, top thirty-five. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, in our area, if if, if you go out anywhere and like a Evan G or a Dylan Maples or something was there for the day, you know, they're gonna be faster than you. You know, I mean, those guys, super fast riders. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's fun when you start when you work hard and you can start tickling some yeah. of those times, you know, and. And then you start to wonder, like, oh, okay, well, like, I'm feeling good on the downs, you know, and now if I can just get strong on, you know, power wise, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you can let all those skills translate and see how well you can do. Cause I mean, one thing you find with a lot of people who are purely XC is um, there are certain people who are incredibly powerful and they're just really good on the down still. Like, um, you just look at like Sid and Mackie, you know, mm-hmm. on YouTube, those two, I, I, I don't even know if people know like how fast they really are on the downs. They're, they're both very fast. Um, and they're extremely powerful riders. So they're, they're competitive riders, you know, um, mm-hmm. you're going to have people who are in XC like that and they have some sort of an enduro background and they, they know how to descend and you have some XC people who just, they don't. And like, you saw a lot of them at that race where I think they were in over their head on some of those mm-hmm. downhills and they are just crashing left and right. There was tons of injuries. Um, you know, you just, you see it all go down in front of you and kind of knowing that it's like, okay, well, if I, if I'm pretty good on the downs, if I can get powerful, I might be able to finagle my way up to a pretty decent yeah. spot in the race, you know, like you're yeah. not going to put him, but you know, if I could get top third, that's kind of what I was going for when I went into it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, being that top 200, I'd be pretty proud of myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that you were watching Sid and Mackie a bunch. And initially you were like trying to get like, see like how close you could get to the watts that Mackie was pushing, like when you're on the trainer and stuff. And what, 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 what did that, uh, how did that go? <laughs> Um, yeah, I saw like a, a video where they were doing FTP testing and, uh, and I think they were doing VO2 max as well. And so it kind of like, was like cool to see where they're at in a measurable fitness sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to work hard on the trainer and outside and see, I guess where I get, you know, I started mm-hmm. When I started the training, I had an FTP of, of about 200 watts. Um, and like you, you realize right away when you start training and, you, and uh, seeing where people, other people are at, that that is not very much. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah, if you're I not. Remember, yeah, I think my first FTP, I was at like 165 or something like that. And then I remember getting on and seeing him push like 350 or something like that. Yeah. And. And it wasn't even, I don't even think that was his FTP test. Like he was just pushing 350 in the yeah, just riding 350, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I can't even imagine getting to like 285, you know, like let yeah. like for three pedal strokes, let alone just like pacing. And I remember him doing that. And there was like these other guys that are pushing like 415, and he was just like mind blown, like, damn, there's some strong dudes out there, you know. Like, yeah. So it really put it like into place like knowing watts i i think was something that i didn't really i never really gave a shit about i'm not like that type of person but now that i know what they are it really gives me a totally different perspective on a lot of things 
you yeah. know, it, it's actually a really cool number to to understand. So I, I think what I was getting at was before you started the race, after all the training that you did, you kind of thought you were probably going to be in between Sid and Mackie. Is that accurate? Um, I, I think that my FTP is close to we're like right around Sid's. You know, I ended with an FTP of 300 before um, I got the race. So I, I upped my my functional power to, you know, 100 watts or so over the course which of my training, which is, yeah, yeah it's really big. I mean, it, it, like when you're riding on the trainer or even outside, I mean, you can tell a massive difference with how quick you're getting up climbs and, and yeah. stuff that was a climb before is just something that you're carrying momentum over now. You know, um, there is no downshift and, and start spinning or anything like that. You're just hammering up it. Um, and, and I kind of knew, uh, that I, I know that, you know, Mac is far stronger than I am. Um, yeah. he's a beast. And, uh, yeah. but you know, it's like another thing is like, you know, there's guys out there that have made the same FTP as me, but they're 135, 140 pounds and just rails. Yeah. And so power to weight ratio plays a big part, you know, as you know, it's like yeah. you and I can both be pushing 200 Watts and I yeah, can you're, pull. you're pulling away. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it was just going to be interesting. And, and day two, I started at the, uh, in wave two, um, and they put you in waves. So first wave was basically the top 100. And so I started kind of up towards the front of wave two. Mm -hmm. and uh and so i was like okay well there's sid and sid was like sitting right over there and I'm, and we start going and i remember we we're like going up this road and she starts pulling past me and i'm watching her just pulling past people over or you know so i kind of put the hammer down and i'm like i'm gonna try and like stick on sid for a while you know like yeah. should be able to hang with her you know yeah. and because uh, you're like oh we have a similar ftp so you should be yeah good. yeah no no <laughs> not the case <laughs> yeah what I found is, and it's funny because I, I heard them actually complain about this, like I think a, a, a good year or two ago or something. And, and it was like what made them concentrate on like their climbing and, and just pedaling power. And I was feeling that same way was when I'm on the road or a fire road, mm -hmm. and whether it's just like a light climb, like a gradual grade or, uh, you know, just like long pavement flats or long fire road flats, man people just put the freaking power down man like yeah it's crazy you're like what what are we doing here you're like we're putting we're all putting down like 400 watts here and we are on like a 35 mile ride you know and it's like we're, yeah. we're just gonna do this right out of shoot okay kind of thought like in my head like stage racing like people would maybe like keep things a little t more toned down at the beginning or something you know yeah no they are full tilt out the gate huh yeah and i'm i'm like trying to keep with sid and she's just like slowly pulling away and slowly pulling away and i think it was like two and a half miles down the road or something i was like okay well i'm done trying to do that so <laughs> um, i'm like already kind of like starting to come up towards red line here and yeah. we're two and a half miles into the race so um i kind of found some people that were pedaling where I wanted to be and stuck mm -hmm. with them. And then I noticed that once you got into the trail, I'm not really sure why, but the people who are just had massive power in the legs on the fire road or the road, the paved road, once they got into that single track, it's like 
why aren't you attacking the climbs? You know, like, yeah. But all of a sudden you're, you're like just gaining on everybody. So then it's like, okay, I got passed by like 30 people on the way out. Now we're in the trail. Now I'm like having to work my way around a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But I never found Sid again. And, yeah. when you, and when you look at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yeah, she's really fast. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, moral um, of the story is those guys on YouTube are faster than they look, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, and as they should be, I mean, the amount of work that they put in, I mean, you see on their channel, they put in a lot of work. So, um, yeah, 100%. I would actually, I would, they're, they're actually going to be on next week. So it'll be fun to like follow up this conversation with that one. Nice. Yeah. They're, they're incredibly nice. I got to talk to them for a little bit and, um, they just kind of sat down next to me on the lawn and yeah, they're both super nice people. Um, yeah. Every time I, I've like been to the same festivals as them several times. And for some reason we never have met. I've had them on the show at least once before. I can't remember if it's been more than that, but I've talked to them a bunch like electronically over the years. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, like they're great people, like super down to earth, really cool, like chill people. Yeah. Like you could hundred percent. You're like, yeah, I could hang out with these people like on the, on the regular, you know? Oh, sure. And, I mean, it's, like, gotta be, it's gotta be exhausting. I know a lot of people came up to them and stuff, you know, even at the race and yeah, um, but they're, you know, they genuinely are, are happy to talk to anyone and they'll even, they, they will engage you. It's not like, yeah. you know, they're just waiting for someone to say something. I mean, they'll yeah. actually just come up and talk to you, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super cool people. So yeah. that's rad. So you um get out there so day one you're just kind of like racing a a clock so to speak so you can find out what like heat you start in or wave yeah so then day two is actually like the beginning like quote unquote like the beginning of the race right and your prologue counts towards your overall um but it's short it was like a neutral ride out i think like a mile and a half and then it was like six miles or something like that it was just like Mm -hmm. a like doing a um simple seven in auburn you know yeah, like, like going a up climb and, and a big descent kind of thing yeah culvert confluence bottom type yeah. thing um okay. and uh and i tried to keep like a pace that it was like okay don't don't blow yourself up like i didn't want to run at red line the whole prologue um because i felt like i'd just be setting myself to be up in a wave where i was just going to get my ass handed to me the whole time yeah. Yeah, and yeah. sustain it so um, yeah, I really tried to like keep things, I guess, at just like a controlled level the whole time. Right. And it was your first taste of like running into people that were just like, you know, didn't really know what they were doing on the downs and, and, you know, getting passed by people and the whole bit, you know, it's like, you're kind of got the whole gamut cause there was no waves and it was just right. course open for a window of time. You just head out when you want to, and then you, you'd hit a timing mat you know, a mile and a half in and, and start going, you know? Um, so no telling what kind of rider you're going to run into, how many people you're going to have to pass or if you were going to get passed or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. So the wave would start away from where the timer started. The what now? The wave would start different from where the timer was. Uh, so no, it was, it was basically like you, for the prologue, you would leave camp and a mile and a half out on the route there'd be like a timing mat laying there across the trail right and that's uh, where your your timing would start for the prologue was and it then, that way for the other days the other day or the other day so, like um, day two i think we had a neutral 
uh, ride back. Um, so you, you went through the archway at camp um, mm -hmm. and you started right from there. And mm -hmm. then when you popped out of the trail uh, at the end of that ride, um, you were still, I don't know, like three miles from camp or something like that. But mm -hmm. you had gone over a timing mat and then you were done for that stage. So you oh, could see the time back, back to camp. Yeah. yeah so they didn't yeah. basically time any of the road or, or route back to getting to camp that day. The rest yeah. of the days were all just start and finish, you know, in the same spot. So, yeah. Uh, so what was your like perception once you got out there and, and Sid dropped you <laughs> and, and you're like kind of climbing with people and like, were you like, okay, this is harder than I was expecting. This is easier than I was expecting. Like where, what did you feel like the trails were like? Um, definitely. I mean, we ride a lot of techie stuff out here. Mm -hmm. So I think I said before, like I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but part of that pleasant surprise was like, oh, we're riding actually like some super sick trails. Um, but this is going to be really hard. You know, yeah. like um, there was one day in particular, you know, where it's like you're dropping into a double black diamond, you know, trail. It's really rocky. There's lots of steep, shooty spots. And, and it was the kind of trail where there might be two or three spots on the way down that the line wasn't a hundred percent obvious, you know, mm -hmm. and it would be a spot where normally if you're with your buddies, you'd stop and like, yeah, choose like, your line. Oh, let's check this out. You know, like lay the bike down and you like walk down and look at a couple yeah. different lines, you know, and, um, and when you're racing, you're just going blind into all that stuff and you know, <laughs> your people's tires skidding behind you and and there's people in front of you and you, there's no like jumping off your bike like you just go so um there were times where you hit stuff at least for me where where i hit stuff that i was like oh man i just nailed that like that was so nice you know mm -hmm. and there were other times where i was holding on for dear life in moments like i, I totally bad line super bad line you know, way off and just bucking Bronco for a moment or something, you know, and, yeah. and try and stay on the bike and, uh, and to put your, your skill set in, in pers perspective for people. I mean, you'll, you'll hit like 15, 20, 30 foot tabletops or some pretty big gaps and like, mm -hmm. not even like, that's not a, that's not an issue for you. No, which actually I was super pumped about is, uh, I know in previous races, they've, when there's like doubles or, uh, you know, like mandatory gap stuff or, or big drops, they've mm -hmm. like flagged off, like put like sticks, you know, and, and mm -hmm. flags so you can't take them. And cause they didn't want a bunch of people getting hurt or something, I guess, in the past. Yeah. This time uh, they were pretty much all free reign. So um, you could actually have a lot of fun. Some, some descents had some pretty sweet drops and double options. And yeah. Uh, so like, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so, but I mean, like what I'm getting at is like, it's not like you're saying, man, this was crazy technical. And it was like, you know, maybe somebody listening is like, well, I don't know what this guy thinks is technical. Like, like yeah, you're, you're riding some pretty like spicy stuff on the regular. Like it's not a big deal. And in this race, you're coming around a corner and all of a sudden like, Oh crap, I'm about to like eat my lunch right now. <laughs> you know, like, It's like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, it's like, I, I feel like I've seen it all, you know, yeah. for the most part. Um, 
except for maybe some just super extreme free riding stuff out there, you know, that I've yeah, never yeah. gotten to like dabble in. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm coming around to some corners and it's like, you kind of like, like, oh, oh shit. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, and, but you're excited about it. Cause it's like, well, sweet. Like this is badass, you know? Um, right. But there is okay no let's pick our line let's get down this that's fine but you're dealing with all these people around you and you don't know what the person in front of you is going to do or how they feel about what they're dropping into and that yeah. is uh that definitely caused some issues in the race and was probably the most challenging part about doing a big stage race like this is just being with so many people that you don't know yeah and and one person might seem like they have a ton of skill and you're riding behind them and they're, they're just flying through some flowy stuff or something and putting a bunch of power down, getting up some techie stuff. And then you drop into something technical and all of a sudden they're slamming on their brakes in front of you. And you're like, I don't know how they're not going over the bars. You know, yeah. they're doing like, like, you know, super slow down every step. And all you want to do is just like, let go and like let the bike yeah. eat the bottom, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and you have to sit there and like control your braking behind somebody who's just terrified all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched the guy that was putting up daily videos and um just from what I saw it was just to me I mean you've heard me talk about racing before like I just don't like the idea of that many people out there and like I feel like I'd rather just go ride that trail myself or like with my friends. And, and when I was watching his video, it was like making me feel that way, like all the more. Cause it'd be like, he'd come to a climb and now there's like 20 people on this climb in front of him. And some of them are walking, some of them are still pedaling, but way slow. And like, maybe he would like punch up faster than them or, or it would be the other way around. He was the slow guy, they were passing him, but as soon as they crested, then they're like, riding their brakes down and he's like you know can i get around can i get around and it's like single track as well so it's not like like you're just burning by somebody on a fire road like it, it right. um to me that part of it would be like almost infuriating because i would feel like like it's like you can't just have a fun ride because all <laughs> these other people are there because you're like either gonna like catch somebody or being held up by somebody it's not like Oh, I could just slow down a little bit and then like leave them some space. Cause if you slow down, then the guy behind you is like now caught, caught up. Yeah. And I would tell you, so part of the reason that became a challenge for me was because I had a massive mechanical on the first big day. Um, so that was day three, day, what day, two. day, day, oh, day two. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, so about gosh, maybe like a halfway through the course um there was there's this kind of came up on this big rock slab and there was this big rocky chute and i was behind a line of people and someone lost it and and to be fair i was in a good group of riders you know like i said like where i started that day um yeah. i did really feel like oh okay like for the most part i'm not like oh my gosh like you're so slow or yeah. like holy crap i'm getting past like crazy or you know i really yeah. felt like okay these are all people that are very very similar speed riding you know yeah and they might not be quite as quick on the downs and they're a little faster than me on the ups which tended to be the case yeah um, i was still floating in the same spot mostly right and uh and on this shoot somebody just 
you know, got a, got a wheel and in some soft stuff at the bottom of it and went over the bars. And then you got a, you know, a string of people coming down that chute behind them. And yeah, it just turned into kind of a pile up. And uh, I tried to avoid it. And I kind of went off to the left and it was like narrow trail, you know, big drop off on one side. Uh, just into like thick bushes and stuff. And I got ran on the edge of the trail there and just, you know, front wheel got into the soft stuff off on the side even more. And I went over the bars. <laughs> so I like jumped up, you know, like chest deep in, in freaking bushes and finding my bike and I'm like hiking back up on the trail. And I just started running down the trail and jumped back on my bike. As soon as I started pedaling, I could hear that dreaded, like, you know, clunk, clunk. It's like, Oh, something's so wrong. And <laughs> down and my trailer was just hanging on the ground. And uh yeah, the hanger had snapped completely, which I know you you know very well. <laughs> my so, Scott my yeah. Scott I'm riding, I, I I swear the design of the hanger on this thing is like a breakaway point. It's like it might as well be perforated because I've gone through like seven hangers on this bike and it doesn't bend. You'll never have a bent hanger. You will definitely have a broken <laughs> hanger every time. And you'll also have a group of friends that has like comic relief to talk shit about you and your bike on a regular basis. Yeah, I know. And and yeah. and aside that, I mean, I, I love that bike. You know I love that bike. Um, it's a very efficient pedaling bike and it's, it's very capable at the same time. But um, that caused a big issue for me because it had snapped off with like the tiniest piece of the hanger um, stuck to the back of the bolt still. And so you go to take that bolt out and that piece of hanger is just spinning back there with it. And it's like, okay, well, you got 12 Newton meters of torque on that thing. And you know yeah. how those things kind of dry out, you know I mean? I had, I keep everything pretty greased good and like, you know, like yeah. clean, but like, for some reason, I don't know if it's like the Loctite on those bolts on the derailleurs or whatever it is, you know, they always have a fair bit of like resistance yeah. if you crack them loose. And when yeah. you're trying to hold a little piece of shard of metal with your fingers and like crack that loose and it's just spinning in your hand, it just, it wouldn't come loose. So I was having a freak out because, you know, here I am, like people just going by and going by, oh, you're good. It's like, I mean, no, but what are you... Like yeah. freaking uh, uh, pliers or something, you know? Like you got a vice in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, long story short, I basically ended up wedging a, a brake lever in between that piece and the body of the derailleur, putting my tool in there and bashing it on a rock like an impact until it finally cracked loose, and uh, got the bike put back together. And it took forty minutes to get that thing out of there. And so now you've trained for, let's just call it a year, and you're you're up there on the first day of your race, and you busted your ass to get in this good spot. Halfway through the first day, you're 40 minutes behind your like group. What yeah. was going through your mind? Oh, I just like I'm thinking, okay, it's you know this is the first big day. You know we got five more days after this. Like just get on your bike start passing people, get back as far as you can today. We'll just like chip away, you know, and I'll just work my way back, you know, over the course of the week. And, you know, it's like, 
it's hard, man. Like I got back on my bike and start going and, and right where I had that crash, it started this up towards this second aid station. It's at this peak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was a good, like 1500 foot climb of just pure tech. Like you're going up over this rock step and then over these pile of roots. And then you got to attack up this, you know, seven foot tall, just slab with roots hanging all over it. And, <laughs> and so it's the stuff where it was like, if you don't have like the fitness to be like, just attacking and attacking and attacking over and over again, you're not going to make it. And if you aren't experienced with like techie climbs, like, and a little bit of like track standing and, you know, reposition and, and go hard to get, like, it required a lot to get up it. And as you can imagine, after being passed by like, you know, over 250 people, I was so far back that it was like, <laughs> oh, I am back with like, like everyone is walking as far as I can see up the trail. Yeah. And so it was just like, you can tell people like, and maybe like six, seven people move out of the way for you to keep riding, but then you're going to run into somebody who is just, they didn't know, even know what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, they, you're they wouldn't bike. think that anybody would possibly be riding still because everybody in front of them was walking. So, right. Yeah. And yeah. so um, that was the most challenging stretch, I think of the whole race for me, because what should have taken, you know, maybe like 30 minutes to climb was like, mm. I don't even know. I don't know. I want to know how long it took to get up that. Yeah. <laughs> like so much where there's just no option to ride. And it actually was far more exhausting, like on off, on off, you know, hiking and um, that I just, it just, oh, I was, I was frustrated. Yeah. And I was all cut up and everything. So I was bleeding too. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, yeah. Um, Did you know what your like number, like, in like placement was when you started that day yeah so i think i was somewhere around like 160 um uh -huh. and, and then where were you at at the end of the day 390th oh shit yeah <laughs> and and like, i think that was back towards like like literally like probably like 490 or something you know yeah um, i got on my bike and maybe worked my way back another hundred or something yeah, over the, yeah. the day um because i still passed a lot of people but yeah. i wasn't going to get back to where i was you know right I mean, those people just hammered up that whole techie climb and once they're over that peak and going downhill again i mean the amount of distance they put on you you're not you're never working your way back so yeah um, well it's, i mean you possibly could have like got somewhere like decently if there was nobody between you and them yeah but that that's the biggest problem is, is you just have like every i don't know what how what do you think like every like 50 yards or so on the like the regular part you'd run into another person or were you oh, like, no, like, like, on somebody the whole time like until i got past the aid station um it was like every 10 feet was the yeah. person. um at the aid station it was just packed all those people were like people were laying on the ground just like slamming pickle juice and watermelons and like <laughs> trying not to die you know and uh, i kind of saw this window you could see where the single track went back up into the woods and uh i saw this window to jump in and i got to ride one of the super fun descents with like a huge gap in front of me which put a smile right back on my face 
Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I don't care where I am in the race anymore. Like I just got to like absolutely rip this downhill with like the nicest berms and tabletops and just sweet like doubles and triple options. And it was uh-huh. like my kind of trail, you know, like yeah, I was having yeah. fun. Um, so I, at that point I was like, well, whatever, we'll just finish today. Um, see where I am tomorrow, you know? And then, like I said, I got up in the morning and it's like, oh, you're now like 390 something, you know, uh, overall. Oh, all right. Well, and then it's like, you're starting in wave 15. (laughs) And you were originally in wave two. Yeah. Yeah. And granted they did, uh, they did more waves the the second or the third day to try and split people up because it was a tighter single track entrance. Um, Uh but it was still like, like, I think I would have been wave like, I don't know, like five or six or seven, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. far up where I was. And, uh, and I tell you what, the start back there was very different. Um, you know, the day two, like I said, I'm like, what is everybody doing? Like, why are we all hammering so hard? And so I'm kind of in that mental state starting day three. Right. And, you know, they say, go, we go. And I'm like pedaling. And I'm onto the road and like heading towards this fire road. And, and I'm like looking around. I'm like, where the hell is everybody? And it's like, and then you look behind you and they're all back there. Just like, oh, oh. And then you're like, oh man, well now I feel like a superstar. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. But then you run into the next wave, like right away, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. So the first half of my day today is going to be like the last half of my day yesterday. Right. Where you're like, okay, let's just keep working our way through and picking our way through. And um, and I think by the end of the day on the third day, I felt like I was riding with some people that were pretty fun to ride with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's inevitable that you're gonna get on downs. You know, if you're a big enduro guy, just in it for the downs like we normally are. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to go into something like this knowing that like you're not always going to get like this big window in front of you on every single down and there's gonna you're gonna run into some that are like so fun looking that all you want to do is just lay it down so hard and there's like three or four people just like they're going fast but they're not going fast you know yeah 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 uh, i just i kind of want to like really risk hurting myself right now and like these people yeah. are like to do it, you know. Um, so it's kind of part of it, but um, you do get to a point where you're still going to have fun, and you're still going to be able to ride at a good pace. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you can work your way back. It's just that was a tough, a big tough chunk of the of the race for me. And and uh, and ultimately, um, after picking my way back to pretty much where I was for the qualifier over the course of the week. Um, I decided to actually ride the last day with my brother and my dad, mm-hmm. uh, because at that point it was like, well, I mean, you know, they've been riding on just the two of them together. Um, uh, my brother, so by was, that point though, like, where did you work yourself up to? Um, I was like right about the same thing. I think I was like right around 180th or so. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah. And then the last day, um, yeah, I rode with them and they were dead yeah. last day, you know? My, my dad, I'm telling you, my dad had no business finishing this race. <laughs> and I know everyone at BC Bike Race knew that. <laughs> I know my brother and my buddy knew that. I know my dad knew that. Um, yeah. 
but he was he was fucking determined it was going to happen. He does not give up. He yeah. he's not the kind of guy that that gives up. So uh, I think he had over forty crashes over the course of the week. Um, I have a picture of him somewhere, and he's just Your like. Your dad started at sixty-five. He's now seventy-four. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me, you know, shit out of his body. He calls me like a week after the race, and he's like, "God, got back on the trainer and like tried to do a workout on there. I'm like weaker than I was before the race." <laughs> I tried to tell him, I'm like, "Well, yeah, you know, I mean, look at those Tour de France guys. Those guys like lose a bunch of weight, and you know." Yeah. barely survived that race i'm like just you know it's normal don't worry about it yeah. you have to throw yourself down the mountain for seven days straight so yeah, yeah we would like, they'd come back and my brother would be like dude do not say anything to him he is broken right now okay <laughs> okay and you just look over there you know and he'd be like digging through something and he'd turn around and be like and just give you this look like you want to fucking say something <laughs> you, know? you just look away just let him have his space you know? it's like he's like oh god like limping to dinner you know and like yeah. barely move and he's all purple everywhere and blood fucking coming out of everywhere you're like holy shit like how is he gonna get up tomorrow and the next day it's like there he is dressed again okay what the fuck do we have to do today yeah, <laughs> right like, off, man. yeah. that's awesome though what a like inspiration you know it was pretty I, amazing. Yeah. 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 It's definitely like, I look at people like that and you know, like we're sitting here, we're laughing or whatever, but I 100% would love to be that guy when I'm 65. You know I what know. I mean? Yeah. Like, like I definitely don't want to be anything less than that. You know, I right. don't care if I'm dead last in the seven day race, like, fuck it. I'm out there having a fucking good time, man. So, yeah. Was, and he's yeah. like, you know, I got last place, you know, I mean, but at least I finished. I'm like, technically you didn't get last place because I mean, there was like a crazy amount of, of DNS. Yeah. So people that would just like, uh, get hurt or like they would break yeah. their bike or, um, yeah, there was some, you know, injuries that just, you know, like little stuff, like people just really messing their ankle up or something where it's like, I can't ride you know yeah um all the way to like i we, we watched a guy get stretched out around a descent and they like kind of cued everybody off to the side and guy came up on a stretcher and i guess he like shattered his pelvis and oh, like wow. yeah um so you, you know, were telling telling me that like there's like people were showing up there that really had all, almost like no reason to be there like from what you were telling me like skill set wise there were definitely people that I don't know if they knew what they were getting themselves into. Um, yeah. And, you know, it takes a adventurous spirit to sign up for something like that and just yeah, be like, oh, I'm going to go to the mountains in British Columbia and race bikes for seven days. Okay, well, um, when you're from yeah, Iowa. The next race, so you think yeah. in your head. It's like if all you ride is trails in Iowa, um, there's going to be some stuff that's going to surprise you. <laughs> you know that people rode bikes down. Yeah. You know? um, and, and a lot of these people are showing up with, you know, 110 mil, maybe 130, you know, mm. bikes. Um, just pure XC, you know, 29ers. And, and, and I know that that's what you need to compete to win a race like that. Um, but 
there was a lot of people riding those types of bikes where it was like, for you, um, that is limiting your fun factor for sure yeah. in a race like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, even tire choice, you know, it's like you see a person who barely, you, you just looking at them riding, you know, and you're like, they might have some good power in their legs, but as far as like technical riding, like there's, they're very ill-equipped. Yeah. And well, like, like, like you oh, said, when when you first moved out here, you moved from Minnesota, right? Yeah. And you had told told me like you definitely like if you would have moved straight from Minnesota to California, your mind would have been like blown the shit that we were riding. Yeah. Yep. It was really our our whole traveling before we moved to California and and riding bikes all over that opened my eyes to what mountain biking can really be yeah you so know? like some of those people though would have been like what like the way i pictured in my head when you told me this was like some of those people would have been like like you coming like from minnesota being like yeah dude i can do it i can ride bikes i put yeah. in some days and and like i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna ride the same kind of trails and then getting there and being like oh my god i didn't even realize trails could be like this right like a lot of places in the midwest a rock garden is like you come around the corner and somebody buried, you know, 30 rocks in a path for like 10 feet, you know, yeah. and the, like this much of the head is sticking up, like, and you just like come around the corner, you're like, oh my gosh, and, and you know, and you roll over it. And like, that's their idea of a rock garden. And like, right. you know, that might look scary when you never even seen rocks in the trail, you know? Yeah. But like, whereas out here, there's some serious like consequences to being in the wrong line, you know, and especially up there, you know, there was rocks and roots to deal with. And for people who haven't ridden a lot of rooty uh, areas, like roots can pose a lot of challenges, both with- yeah, especially if they get a little wet, man, they're freaking, they're working, oh, yeah. like at least rocks got grip, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you don't want to put your tire leaned over on the wrong root, you know, on some off camber part. You'll be on the ground so fast, you know. Yeah. Like it's like you have to it's know like when to it's, like, it's like these, yeah. these people they have no experience with this. So for sure, there was tons of people that just I mean, you watched it happen every day. Like just a, a mistakes happening that you're like, well, they they obviously just didn't know what they were doing right there, you know. Yeah, and, and then sometimes it's just like shitty luck too. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that first crash, like I watched it happen. It's not like I was like, oh, it's because they shouldn't be here. It was like yeah. I could have done the same exact thing. You know, I yeah. mean, there's yeah. plenty of challenges and in, in a lot of it. So and going blind, like I said, you know. Yeah. So um you had a pretty big mechanical along the way. You want you want to talk about how that happened? Oh, what other than the hanger yeah <laughs> well the hanger is a given we knew that every one of your friends knew that you were bringing at least one to three hangers while you were going to be gone yeah so. it was four yeah i brought <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I need almost a hanger per day i just don't even given that one of my hangers that i lost was because of uh you know clint running into the back of me so i was like well yeah, we're gonna blame it on clint Clint blames it on MTB Allen, so and then you blame it on Clint. So. Yeah, I, I like can totally blame on else's fault except for the freaking paper mache derailleur hanger that you have. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's pretty really sure the mosquito landed on the back of your bike, and that's what broke it that day. 
<laughs> yeah. So um, day three. Let's go to the next day. <laughs> there you are. So it was really just the next. Oh God. Yeah. So you're like uh, you're, you're trying to get back. I'm I'm having a good day. You know, like I said, I was picking my way back through. Um, and about I don't know if it's halfway or three quarters through the day, you get to the top of Maple Syrup, which is a double black diamond trail on Vancouver Island. And um, I wish somebody had a great video of that trail because there's one video I watched of it before I went out there and it made it look like really tame as GoPro usually does, you know? Right. But, but like, I couldn't see anything in that video that I was like, Oh, you might even need to look at a line choice, you know? Uh -huh. And it was so different in person. Like, <laughs> it was laughable, you know? And, uh, and it was exciting because it was like, oh, okay, this is like a super legit trail. Yeah. Uh, and I was just smashing down that. I, I was in a great spot in the race where I wasn't like packed in by anybody. And I came around this corner and there was a photographer. And, you know, you run into him throughout the course of the race. And, um, you know, you see the camera sometimes. You're just like, oh, okay. I'm not going to do something cool. Something cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like this kind of like shooty, like punchy, little steep part, and I just you know like kind of hopped into it, like found like a nice spot where I could like put my wheels and and hopped into it and just smashed down and and G out and she's following me with the camera and then there was this rock roll right after it and it uh -huh. dropped down maybe like I don't know four and a half feet or so but you could roll it and I think probably. 100% of the people out there probably rolled it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like double out over these rocks into this corner. You know, because <laughs> I'm going really fast. And I was like, I got the speed for it. And so I just like yanked and I was kind of like pulling the bike up and my, my right clip came out. And uh, okay. I just rotated my ankle a little bit. And so you're one footer now in the air. So yeah, I got, and it's like a left hand turn right when you land. And so I was planning on like, planting my left foot and ripping the corner. I was like, oh, it's going to be so cool in my head. Now, instead, my foot comes out. I land like, you know, just like right into the corner, fold my wheel and just was like, like fucking hot dog in a slingshot. Just, just <laughs> got me over the bars so fast. <laughs> just, <laughs> hot dog in a slingshot. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, landed on my side, like way down the hill. Like, dude, I must've gone like 20. It was like the biggest crash I've had in so long and a big reality check. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be like playing and having fun blind on like <laughs> a lot of this. <laughs> and, you know, we have four more days after this. So right. um, I got up and grabbed my bike and had to straighten up my handlebars and do all that crap. And the ladies like, I cannot oh my believe God. the one thing I'm blown away by at this point is that your derailleur hanger is not broken. It was not broken. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I checked, like, okay, all right, good. Um, <laughs> and uh, the ladies like, like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I like, I feel like I just got a car accident at this point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. She's like, do you know where you are? You know? And I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't hit my head. And I just absolutely like racked my hip like so hard. Like 
it felt like somebody just took a lead pipe to like my hip. Oh, um, God. And I was like already limping. And usually you have so much adrenaline pumping, you know, like it's something that's going to hurt a lot more later. Yeah. But like it hurt really bad even right there. <laughs> You're so, like, I know this is going to suck because yeah. it already hurts. <laughs> And so I was like, I'm just going to stand here for a minute, if that's cool. And she's like, yeah, okay. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like fixing my bike and I, and I drink some water and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And she's like, okay, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I'm like, all right, sweet. Nobody passed me. Um, I got back on my bike. I mean, realistically, it was probably like three minutes, maybe. Yeah. It feels like a lifetime though, when you're like, yeah. I'm sure in a race and plus it just like, it just time, time slows down when that shit happens. Right. But man, I finished that day out. I tell you what, that was, it was like, okay, the day before I had like took a bunch of skin off my arm. So I had this big scab across my arm and that was like stinging and burning constantly. You're sweating and it's getting all gooey again every day, you know? And now I just like took a bunch of skin off my hip and bruised it super bad and like tore open my knee. And so it was just like, everything was kind of burning and, and hurting, you know? that night like you know when it's like oh yeah it does feel worse later even though it felt really bad then so yeah. <laughs> i was like barely able to you're walk not, you're not wearing you're not wearing knee pads right you, you no that. no it's, the reason i mean it's just it's kind of a full send deal you know like first of all it's hot and yeah. and that much pedaling that many days in a row like i i don't really care what knee pads you decide to use you're probably gonna get some sort of chafing or or something going on. Uh, yeah. Not like the giant gouge out of my knee didn't feel great, but right. <laughs> you know, um, but I still I wouldn't do that long of uh, that much pedaling with with knee pads on. And I should have been smarter, but I was kind of riding like I was wearing knee pads and a full face. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just too tempting, you know. You're like, oh, when am I going to be back here? I don't know. I got to like rip it, you know. Yeah. So um, doesn't surprise me any. I've been riding with you long enough to know that. <laughs> but I, I remember talking to my wife and being like, yeah, I, I feel really bad. <laughs> it's like, I feel like you could have worn knee pads, but I feel like this is an argument that I know I'm not going to win. So I'll just let it be. There were people wearing pads, but I would tell you, I, I think maybe like two or three, like is yeah. what I saw of the same people. There was a guy actually there riding in a full face with elbow pads and knee pads and he was riding an atherton bike uh -huh. uh, it's like i don't even know where you get one of those uh um, europe or something isn't that like a european from, brand from DC. you can you can yeah. see wherever he's from so oh, okay on, the, on their number plates and everything so like uh yeah i was like okay well that's you know crazy setup you got there for this race but i mean he's Hopefully, I mean, I didn't see him during the race, so I don't know what he was like. And you know, I passed you whenever you were laying over there fucking with your derailleur hanger. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. I mean, if if everyone at the BC bike race watched this podcast, like, I mean, obviously, like half of them would be like, I remember that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I asked him if he needed help, <laughs> and then I just kept riding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which. I, it's like super awesome when people are asking you like, Hey, do you need anything? Like, you know, I mean, it's just like great trail manners, but I tell you what, like after about 30 minutes of that, <laughs> you almost feel like napping. <laughs> you're like, you just yeah, grab them. are you going to, Oh, nope. There you go. Bye. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah. Somewhere around the, the 150th person that said that you're over fucking hearing it. Yeah. It's like, no, while you were coming down that descent there and you saw me in the little trail slamming my tool on a rock, like a freaking ape. It's like, <laughs> no, no, I don't need help at all. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> definitely have all the tools for the job. That's why I'm using the rock in the trail. <laughs> um, so you finish up three day three, all beat the fuck up. And when do you notice something's wrong with your bike? Oh, I'm washing it. Um, that's right. Yeah. Coming back to the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was washing my bike and my buddy was standing there with a beer. And he's like, Oh man, no, you really fucked this thing up. And he's like looking at my bars and there you got a big gash on him. I had like a gash on my stanchion, luckily like right under the crown. So not too worried about it. Um, and he's like picking my bike apart. And then finally he finds this like flap of paint, you know, on the back uh, seat stay. And he's like, oh man, this is a bad one. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like looking at it. It's like, you know, a good quarter size flap of paint just like lifting up. And it's got the ride wrap on it. So it's just basically hanging on by the ride wrap. Right. And, and I pull it away and it's like, oh, like carbon does not look good right there. And so I gave it a little knock test and it was like dead as can be. Yeah. And, you know, like clink, 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 boom, you know, <laughs> that's not good. And yeah. I put some on it and I'm like, and yeah, I'm, I can like feel it like flexing in. So it's just soft, like yeah. right there. And, um, I have to give so you, you got to be thinking your race is over then. Right. I mean, I rode out the rest of that day, you know, with it on it. So it was uh -huh. like, worst case, I'm just going to keep riding it. And if, you know, it decides to crack on me. Um, then it'll be over. Yeah. And hopefully it's not in a bad place. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> hopefully it's not in front of somebody with a camera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I went over to the bike shop. They have obsession bikes. They take care of everybody at the race. Um, and it is insane. Those guys, they're working 24 hours a day. They always have mechanics working on bikes. Um, uh, like my dad blew up his hub the second day. They literally put a whole new set of spokes and a new hub and relaced his wheel and had it ready to go by 10 a.m. the next day. That's um, and he brought it in at like six o'clock at night because he was coming in last every day. So, yeah. you know, it's like people are like, ate dinner you know and he's coming across the finish line uh oh, and poor guy he literally was like the last person yeah yeah oh yeah literally um <laughs> except for the dnfers right i keep telling them right. I'm like, hey yeah. yeah like 40 people who didn't even finish the race so right. uh, whatever it was 60 i don't know um he literally went straight over them and was like hey oh, you know i need a new wheel by tomorrow basically yeah. uh, they did that so i went over to him and um yeah, one of the guys. God, I wish I could remember his name. Um, super cool dude, lots of tattoos, big beard. Um, and he is from North Vancouver. And we he checked over my bike uh, and was like, yeah, man, you know what? Um, I will do like a resin wrap on it and we'll get it as strong as we can get it and, and get you through the race. It's not going to be pretty though. And I was like, well, I don't give a shit. I'm going to buy a new seat stay, you know, after I get home. It just needs to get through the week um and so yeah sure enough next morning bike was ready to go had a nice cast on the seat stay 
Yeah, it literally does look just like a cast. That's a good way to explain it. It does, yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, you had all the black and white on your bike. I, I ran out of the black wrap to finish it. So it's got that like cream color on there. I was like, I don't give a shit, dude. Um, as long as the bike functions, you know? So, right. and it, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I know you might not want to hear this. He's like, but I like stood on it and like jumped on your seat stay. He's like, it's yeah. solid. I was like, okay. And so like, I did uh, crack the spots around the cast, but like, <laughs> yeah. um, the cast is definitely not breaking. Yeah. And so he had me come back and check in with him after the next two days. And, and he kind of messed around with it and, and uh, saw if anything was failing and, and it held up just fine. Um, so yeah, props to those guys for keeping my bike in the race, you know, where that uh, run, man? uh, it was 160 bucks, I believe. Yeah, it's not um, bad at all, honestly. Like I like no, I, I mean the guy heartbeat to know yeah. like that I could keep riding my bike without it like failing. Yep. Like I saw him at I think it was like close to 10 o'clock at night underneath the obsession bikes tent with like lights on. I saw my bike up in the stand and him like working on it uh when I was walking by that evening. So um yeah, it's cool that they they put the hours in to, to do it because a lot of those guys are they're up during the day too, you know. Yeah. People are pulling just like all nighters, and uh, the amount of bikes, you know, you look in their corral, and it's like, whew, there's got to be like, you know, 300 bikes in there, all in there for some sort of because people would just drop them and be like, oh, I want it, my derailleur checked over and tuned, and you know, yeah. and there was mechanics packages as well. You could buy a mechanics package where like they literally just took care of your bike every day. Um, yeah. So they had that to deal with as well. So. Um, yeah, pretty insane that one bike shop. How many mechanics were there working? Um, gosh, at any given time, it looked like maybe two or three guys back there, you know, uh -huh. going at it. Um, but and they were I, working I, like all day yeah. and all night. So yeah, 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 they had some overlap and other guys coming in and out. And, yeah, um, and they had like uh, people that would you know check you in and do paperwork with you and and all of that. Um, yeah, it was quite the operation. I mean, compared to bike shops here, you know, you walk in, you're like, yeah, you know, if you don't work on your own bike or something, I, I mean, I got to imagine if you were in and like, no, I need a new hub put in my wheel. They'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll get it done in like a month. You know, yeah, yeah. Why don't At you leave your, yeah, why don't you leave your hoop here? You know, and you're like, but that's my only wheel. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to ride my bike, you know. Um, yeah, I remember when I only had one mountain bike and that was always like the the reason why I like pressured me to learn how to work on more things myself was just because like you would take it in there. There was no way like you'd be getting like you're at least missing a weekend, if not two, you know, yeah. and um, I think now even it's like there's only a few things that I don't do and some of them I could learn, but I feel like I just don't even care. It's like. I'm, I'd rather go buy another bike so that I can go ride that one while somebody else fixes a wheel for me. Like, I don't yeah. want to learn how to screw a wheel. I don't really fucking care. You know, it's like, I tried once. My buddy from Project 321 taught me for like five minutes and I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. Yeah. This is not, like, yes, I could physically learn this, but I don't want to. This is like right. not my skill set. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that same I've, night, those those guys were like drinking as many beers as me, and they like built that wheel in like freaking seven minutes or some shit. You know, yeah, like, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I 
would have been there for like six hours and it would have still had to been fixed by them. You know, like, yeah, that yeah. it's tough, man. I, I know that it's something that you just get down with like the back of your hand, you know, like you just know it and, and can fly through once you know it. But like yeah. I relaced my rear wheel on my common saw last summer and I was like, you know, I got it and I got it true. And I was like, once I got it, like that first time I spun it and it was like, oh my gosh, like it's straight. <laughs> Everything's got good tension on it within the spec. And like, it was like exciting, but it took me forever. And like, yeah. there was so many times where I was like, okay, I think I just need to like tighten this spoke over here just to like a half turn. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, <laughs> how is it possible? No, no. Okay. Go back, go back. Go back. <laughs> right. <laughs> That was not the right spoke. No, yeah. no, wrong spoke, wrong spoke. <laughs> right. So what was the, the atmosphere like at night? Like, was like people partying and getting down or were like, <laughs> some people were and some people were just like trying to get to the hospital or? <laughs> um, it kind of looks like you're in a war camp midweek. Yeah. Um, there's a beer garden and I would say that post-race, most people would head over, have like a drink or two mm -hmm. uh, and like grab some food from a food truck or something before dinner. You know, like if you, if you get done with your race in like two hours to three hours, um, which is like putting in a good fast, you know, day on the trail mm -hmm. um, and you're back and there's a lot of time before dinner. So um, you got time to take a shower and, and by the way, bathrooms and showers are awesome. It's not like just horrible conditions or anything it's like nice semi-trailers with nice showers and nice yeah, toilet yeah. air condition is nice um but you do that you know you have a drink and it wasn't like a big party atmosphere you know they do awards um mm -hmm. and so everybody kind of hang out and and see who you know did what for the day and and uh they give away some stuff you know they gave away some forks one day some like fox forks um and like pads and you know all sorts of gear and stuff like that they would just pick random race numbers or have people come up and do goofy shit to try and you know see if they could get it and um so it was still i mean it was more of like a social atmosphere where people are kind of just sharing stories from the day trying to like wind down and and relax and, and recover for the next day and they have a massage tent so like a lot of people go get massages um that was an extra fee. Do they have a package for that? You gotta, you gotta pay for your massage. Um, <laughs> there's no package. I don't think there was a package for massage. Um, but still, my dad and my brother got a massage every single day. Uh, yeah. I never opted into the massage. I know I had a Theragun. I'd just run the Theragun, you know, yeah. over your legs and stuff. And um, but they, yeah, they had these like blow up, like kind of like bean baggy type chair. There's air, you know. Um, they're mm. all over the place. People are just hanging out in those. Um, it wasn't until like the last night when people kind of let loose a little bit, you know, cause was there like a big party the last day or something or, well, you, you finished the last day and then you stay in camp that night. So, um, you didn't have to ride the next day Yeah. and, and there's a beer garden and food trucks and right. you're like, okay, well I'm going to have more than like two beers, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we just today today. This thing, like cheers, you know, let's, let's, uh, party a little bit. So. Um, that was definitely a fun night and, and everyone's beat, you know, during the week. I mean, like I said, it's like a war zone. There's sometimes like, you know, it's dust, like half the people are in bed, 
and you're like going to the bathroom to take a whiz or something before you go to bed and and there's just people like walking around with like bandages all over them and like you know they're like limping to like the bathroom trailer and you're just looking around it's just like hurt people everywhere you're like <laughs> like a war camp or something you know like yeah. like the medical, medical site or something you know um yeah so yeah it's it's kind of low-key but there's a, you get to talk to a lot of people and i think that's what's cool about the atmosphere is just meeting people from everywhere that ride bikes and because uh, people are there from all over the world i mean so oh, yeah. like, like like it doesn't it's like you know guatemala and mexico and spain and you know uk and and ireland and you know new zealand, new zealand or australia or whatever yeah, australia, like, yeah they're all there yeah yeah i mean you can almost name a country and and there's someone there you know russia everywhere yeah um and so yeah that was really cool it was like i remember jumping into this descent and um that's when we got queued up for that guy who broke his hip mm -hmm. and i was like behind one girl um on the queue and uh and she was just a tiny little thing like had to be i don't know five you know five tops not not mm -hmm. even five like five foot tops or something like that yeah. like really really short you know um and uh and she was from i think she was from france or something like that france or spain one of the two um and i was like okay we'll see how fast she is you know but like i know we're going into this long descent still here and it's like, if I can pass her, if she's a little too slow, I'm going to pass her. And they let us go. They said we had the all clear. Dude, she dropped into the trail and she was hauling ass. Like yeah. this girl was fast, like really fast. And I just, I was like laughing to myself. I was like falling behind her. And every time he came out Sunday, she'd be like, pass. And she just, that's all she'd say, pass. And they would just move over like magic, like, you know, like <laughs> and speak whole sentences and be like hey you know i could get by you when you get a chance to find a wide spot here try and be super nice and people are like oh you know <laughs> and of course everyone's just moving over for it so i was like just hanging out behind her we're going so fast that i'm like i don't need to go any faster than this this is super fun this is probably exactly where i would be taking this trail and, and freaking clearing it for you yeah and she's clearing it the way like like just money and she's like hitting all the drops and i'm just like just being in tow the whole time like having a yeah. blast and it was a good descent i mean it's probably like three four minutes straight of just uh -huh. hauling ass and yeah. we pop out on this fire road at the bottom and then we're just kind of like traversing across this fire road and i was like you're fucking awesome i was like giving her fist bumps you know and we chatted for a little bit and stuff and um she was just super cool you know yeah. and it was like it, I told her, I was like, it was really refreshing to ride behind just a person who's ripping the downhills. I was like, you're, yeah. you're an awesome rider, you know? And yeah, she's like, yeah. I know so many people so slow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you should have seen this guy fixing his derailleur hanger a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the guy in the white shirt, that wasn't me. No, I've been wearing this. Shirt for <laughs> um, no, but so it's like you meet some really cool people that like fall in line with your skill set and mm -hmm. you can sit and bullshit with them like on a fire road, you know, or yeah. something between trails. And um, and I met a lot of people like that. Met a cool couple from Canada um, that I talked to for a long time that was kind of like 
the wife was like, this is my husband's, uh, you know, uh, what'd you say? Like, what's it called? Um, when like old guys want to do something crazy or buy a car. Or, oh yeah, yeah, midlife crisis. Mid yeah, this is my husband's midlife crisis. That's what it was. And he drugged me along with him, you know? <laughs> so they were riding together and they were super cool. And um, yeah, just like cool people from New Zealand and met this one guy from Canada that like, he's wearing like Darko, everything, like baggies to the max, you know? And he was on like, like t was talking about riding Whistler a lot, just kind of like a shaggy looking like rider dude, you know? Uh -huh. And I was like, this guy, seems like he just totally shreds and, and I like looked up some of his times and I was like oh yeah he's fast rider you know yeah. and uh and then later on my buddy after the race he was like dude that guy's like done like a hundred Ironmans and like he's like this elite freaking crazy athlete like <laughs> and not only that he's like this like CEO of some giant corporation <laughs> like oh, guys nice. like some rich CEO that's done like hundreds of Ironmans and all this crazy like athletic stuff. And I'm like, yeah. that guy? Like you just yeah. never guess, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just cool. I don't know. You just meet know. so many different kinds of people. It's just cool atmosphere for sure. So what was the last day riding with your brother and your dad like? Um, my brother's a saint for riding with my dad every day. Um, my dad... <laughs> My dad gets very angry at himself and that can come off like he's angry at you. Uh, <laughs> and he's really not, but he's still going to look at you like he wants to kill you. And he's probably going to snap at you every time you give him any advice or like even speak of anything. Um, <laughs> Just no you know, it's like, he was great. Like all the way up to uh, the aid station, which is like halfway through the ride. It's like, he's like in good shape you know, like good spirits. We're like, cool. My brother and I were like having a snack and talking with the, the girls and tutus and stuff that, yeah. you know, the fairy girls at the aid stations and yeah, where's dad. It's like, Oh, he took off already. It's like, now we gotta go catch him. God, he's like really on it today. You know? Yeah. Um, and we weren't in last place at the time either. We were in like, I don't know, like 11th to last or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? So like he was all motivated and then it got really chunky and ready and all of like you know like my my brother said that their team name throughout the week was like team team what the fuck i think was the name <laughs> because it was the words that were coming out of my dad's mouth like constantly you know like what the fuck is this like are they kidding you know <laughs> and uh and so it got really bad he started like complaining at one point he's like you know you guys you, you never take pictures when I'm riding my bike. Every time you turn around and take a picture, it's always when I'm walking. And we're like, okay. I'm like thinking in my head, like, all right, well, I'm going to get a cool picture of him, you know? And like, yeah. show him. And so it's like later on, like I come down this cool little like rock garden thing and, and I stop and I'm like, all right, I pull up my camera and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get Jason. And my brother comes around the corner and he's like, comes down, you know, and I'm like, oh, nice dude. And I'm like waiting for my dad. My dad comes out and I see him come over the rocks and he kind of gets offline and goes on this weird like rut that kind of tries to go around it, but it's so much worse. You know, <laughs> he'll just gets eaten up in the rut and he's like, ah, and I see him like before he's even like off his bike, he's like, looks up at me like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you had to take a fucking movie. 
so mad that I had the camera and I hit stop on the movie. And he's like, the first thing I saw when I came around the corner was you with your phone up in the air. You totally distracted me. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you just told me. Like, I always take a picture when you're walking your bike. And I was trying, and he just snapped right back, you know. And my brother's like, dude, don't. Like, he's like, just go, just start riding. I'll take care of it. And so I'm like, right. He's like, no. So, so sends me on my way, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So he he had to fight through some demons for sure, you know. Um, and and we had to be very patient with him. But the smile on his face at the end, you know, and him being like, you know, oh, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I know I'm an asshole. I wasn't trying to be an asshole. We're like, it's all good, dude. We know. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're 65 with two fake knees and and you've had like nine surgeries in the last three years, including yeah. one like two months before the race. Right. Like, we get it, you know, like, yeah. plus, yeah, he was just so beat up. Like, oh. But he did it. But he did it, yeah. So the last day was definitely uh, – it had its its moments where it was a little frustrating, but um, yeah. it was funny at the same time. You know, there's some clarity, yeah. in it, and especially looking back. And I got to know the, some of the course people, uh, which were great people. Um, yeah. They are the sweepers. They knew my parent or my, my dad, but, you know, and my brother by name. So uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, they're yeah. Always- Wait, it's what, so what's funny. Name? Jason and Chris, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, Jason and Chris still haven't come through yet? They're like, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> like, like the sweeper people, it's like, or like just people out on course that are like, uh, they have like multiple team members, you know, out on bikes throughout the course. And some of them be hanging out on like a crazy shoot or something, and they'd be like, hey, like watch your speed, you know, and they kind of try and give you some pointers as you come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, they all knew them. And so the last day, it's like I'd come around a corner, and I'd hear like, you know, they'd all be like, oh, yeah, woo, you know, like when you go by. And then I hear in the background after I pass, oh, hey, Chris, hey, Jason. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, they know exactly who they are. So, um, yeah, it was cool. It was it was still fun. And, and yeah, it like changed my overall, like right back down to, I think, where it was after the mechanical day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it but, was I mean, it, at that point you knew like where you were at i mean so yeah. like the day before you were at you know you said like 180 or something like that so like you were yeah. in the top third which yep. you were hoping for and i mean at that point you weren't going to like jump to like the top freaking no. 100 or something so right. generally speaking you did what you did and yeah. i'm sure it was like probably a better experience to at least spend that that day with your brother and your dad than it was to like gain another 15 spots on the the ranking or something absolutely yeah it was priceless crossing the finish line with those two um my brother jason is actually the one who got me into mountain biking so yeah. um he's the one who first told me like you should get a fat like you know yeah. <laughs> like here we are both now you know like way far past that whole <laughs> you know yeah. side um, so many years down the road, pretty cool. And for my dad to, to still be able to do this after so many years, um, really cool to see him be able to finish yeah. and get the goal, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like, cool. like you said, it's like, I knew where I was. So, you know, I, I'd love to do it again, honestly. Um, yeah, that was my next question. So like, would you do it again? 
Yeah, I know. Like uh, I'd seen like Brian Kennedy did it before. I think um, Eric from BCPOV did it before. Yeah. I remember both of them being like, I probably wouldn't do it again. Um, but I, I, you know, you got to have a special quirk about you yeah. um, to want to do something like that for sure. And I think it would be super fun to go do it again, not only because of how well it's put together and looking back, it's like, you really do, they call it the best week on a bike and you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, I've had some pretty good weeks on a bike, you right. know, <laughs> like, um, it's, it is right there. I mean, you do ride a lot of like really, really good trail over the course of a week. And it is a, an incredible memory for sure. Um, and just overall experience. And like I said, the logistics are so honed in at this point that they, they really do it well. Um, mm -hmm. There's not really nothing to cl complain about, you know? So to be able to like put in some hard training again and go back with maybe a slightly different bike setup and like, um a little bit more strength what would, you, what would you do differently on your bike first uh, get a different bike with a better derailleur hanger something udh so that i can <laughs> use the transmission so that i don't have to think about a hanger yeah <laughs> and uh yeah that would be great i i thought about that every day after that like yeah you know what the whole time after that it's like i hate hangers like what the, why do we have this dangly piece of metal that's got to hold on to our drill here? Like, we should have been bolting it straight to the frame from the beginning. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would probably do something even a little bit lighter of a build bike. Um, I think that if you're not, if, if you don't have like a lot of experience with steep techy stuff and 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 climbing a lot of tech and mainly on the on the downhill side of things i would say like if you're not super super experienced there then like don't show up there with like a really short travel dainty you know like 23 pound 22 pound xc bike like right you're you're asking for it you know yeah and, and like go there with your 150 mil bike you know i mean yeah. i rode my genius um, I know not everybody knows what I ride. So I rode a Scott genius. It's, uh, 150 front and rear. Um, but it has the twin lock system with that, um, you know, proprietary shock in the rear. So, um, I can effectively kind of change the travel to about 130 with one click and like 110 with two clicks. Mm -hmm. Um, so when that thing is fully locked out, like it feels, it feels almost like a hardtail, like, yeah. So fire road clangs and stuff, um, you know, with the right tires and, and light wheels, you know, it's a pretty light build. It's a 27 pound bike fully built out. I felt like that bike climbed really well. Um, was just a really efficient pedaler. I rode with it in the 130 setting a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I opened it. It was nice to open it up to 150 for those really techy descents. I felt right at home like was super comfortable you know yeah. um that i could just smash through that stuff part of the reason why i had a big crash you know yeah just yeah. Being, being too cocky but um doing it again like now i think if i was really trying to go for um just really fast times um and and like 
you know, depending on where I'd be fitness wise going into it, like I, I might ride like a 130 bike, um, 130 in the front, 110 in the rear, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and faster, even faster rolling tires. I had recon in the rear and, and a DHF in the front. Cause I was still just like, Oh, I'm, I still want fun over efficiency, you know, mm-hmm. but Did you feel uh, like the tire choice worked. Oh uh, yeah. I felt like it was great. Um, the recon actually did really well in the rear and like we ride such loose dry stuff here that mm-hmm. even it being hot and dry there was like so much better dirt than here that mm-hmm. i was like oh i could be i could be riding a recon in the front too you know and have even a little bit re- like better rolling resistance um but i thought it was the perfect setup for this year where i was what i was trying to do um i had a lot of fun with it and uh yeah like i said perfect bike to go and, and just like have fun every day and not be underbiked at all um mm-hmm. because there's going to be spots on a really short travel bike where it's like yeah you're you're a little underbiked yeah you know like yeah even watching some of the clips of the pros like and i see their times on strava and stuff like that on the downhills they're fast but it's like they are they're getting like rocked a little bit on some of that stuff to get those times, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. like, and if you don't have the strength to like push at that speed on that short of a travel bike in that kind of stuff, then you shouldn't even, you know, it's like, why even ride that short of a travel bike, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was guys there. I met a guy from Mexico who was riding an enduro specializing. Yeah. So 170 front and rear, you know? Yeah. He was like, I don't care. He was like, I just want to be safe on the downhills. And I was like, okay, yeah. man, like, more power to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody can do whatever. I mean, so like, not everybody there is trying to compete. You know, right. and some people are just trying to make it through. Like, like uh, exactly. Chris and uh, what's it, Jeff? Jason. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your uh, what's your biggest takeaway from it? Like, when you look back on it, what's the thing that you like remember the most? Hmm. Um man that's tough you know i mean the experience of the whole was just a really great mountain bike experience you know mm-hmm. and i i think that uh you gotta like big epics to uh to really enjoy it and uh if you like going on 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 big rides where you're going to put in some pedaling for some awesome descents and just be out there all day. Um, then it might be something that someone would be really interested in. And, and I think that was my biggest takeaway it was it was kind of right up my alley because I just, I kind of have a love for just being out on the bike for the day. Like, Oh, I got this big route planned, you know, like just pack a pack and like get out there and just go find some cool stuff. Um, and so I really enjoyed that part of it. And, and yeah. yeah, I think you and I've had this conversation before about we both just like destroying ourselves. Yeah. And, and you got to do that for seven days in a row on a bike with good people. So like, I can imagine, I mean, to me, like I feel most fulfilled on those days. Like when we climbed Downeyville, you know, it was like, yeah. dude, we just destroyed the shit out of ourselves that day. Right. I mean, 
I don't remember if it was in the edit or not, but I was like so freaking destroyed at the end of that. It was like, I didn't even want to drink beer. I was like, fuck this place, dude. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and you know, you know but- like, it, it's crazy too, because it's like, this adds that element where it's like, you're kind of, you're maybe you're not racing, but it doesn't matter if you're there not to race and you're there just to complete it. It's like, everything gets turned up a little notch, you yeah. know? Like when you're in that sea of people in that environment, like you just find yourself pushing and uh, even when you're not intending to and, and that adds to the exhaustion. And, and like you said, we like to destroy ourselves. Well, it's like, this was one of those, you know, like doing a big bike pack or something, or like one of those things where it's like halfway through, it gets you to that point where you're like, am I going to do this? (laughs) Am I going to be able to? like keep going like this you know like like how am i going to keep myself from getting really injured and how am i going to keep my bike from breaking and um and that was like a cool it's like it it tickled the the lines of of like a ultimate challenge you know where you're just uh it wasn't like i just oh i just gotta go ride for seven days of course i'm gonna make it you know like yeah it was like there was reality checks with some of those crashes and and dealing with other racers and where you're like, oh, I gotta be smart, man. Like this can't just, you can't just be like, oh, I'm just gonna go out and ride. Yeah. Seven days, it's all good. It's like, no, like you might like really wreck yourself or like <laughs> really trash your bike to the point where like, you're not going to race the rest of the race. Some guy was out there on a, a gravel bike. Okay, like I don't- Jesus. A lot of people were like, okay, like I get, you're trying to be like the cool guy that showed up on a gravel bike. But like nobody thinks that's smart. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that double black diamond that I crashed on, he crashed real hard. Supposedly, like just about ripped his dick off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like on his saddle. Oh, that sounds fabulous. I mean, we saw him like not racing the next day, and someone was telling me like, "Oh yeah, like you know, there's rumors going around all the camp. 600 people there. Everybody knows yeah. about the guy on the gravel bike that ripped, just about ripped his dick off. You yeah. know, like." And it's probably not even what happened. He probably like bruised his thigh or something. And, right, like, right. Like, you know. Um, well, if he DNF'd, Chris beat him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> the cool thing is like, and like people should know too, like if you uh, are messed up and can't ride a day, like it's not like they're like, nope, you don't get to ride the rest of the week. Like, just yeah. to let you ride, you know? Yeah. Um, and you can ride the rest of the week and everything, but you are going to show up as a DNF in the stats. So, yeah. um yeah. You know, and, and if you don't care about that, then I guess who cares? You know, I mean, at that point, I mean, what else are you going to do? So, hey, man, I really appreciate you sitting down for two hours and sharing your story with you. It was it, it was just as fun talking to you about it again on some of the, the stuff that I've heard before and lots of new stories. And I think that it was, it's just a really inspiring story of, of you know, um, somebody that found something that they want to do you put a lot of work into training for it and then you did it and um i I think it was a really good experience to share so i I really appreciate you doing that for all the the biker bar listeners and um who knows maybe if you guys enjoyed the story as well he's got more maybe we can get him in on another other episode (laughs) there was a a couple of years that him and his wife lived in a trailer and drove around country getting into mountain biking so we could always talk about that. Let us know down in the comments. If you haven't subscribed and you're watching on YouTube, please do that. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed this. 
if you're a podcast listener, you could go over to Apple Podcasts and write me a five-star review. I'm looking right now and Betsy Desmond and OTB74 both wrote me a five-star review, did a kick-ass job. Thank you very much, both of you guys. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. And um, other than that, if you just want something for free, swing by Facebook or Instagram, give me a follow over there while you're over at Instagram, check out BizMod Bikes. And uh, take a look at Brandon Brandon's uh, little Instagram over there. Anyways, thanks again for everybody, everybody that listened. Thanks again, Brandon. And if you want something completely for free, all you got to do is remember, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one. <laughs>